Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Detroit Kool-Aid. What is going on, everybody? We are back on a Friday, and I got the one and only Griska here. Griska, what up, buddy? Oh, man, just living the dream, living the dream. Absolutely, man. Friday, talking Lions for the people. What uh, what are you thinking, Griska? What's going on this week? Uh, just a couple things I noticed. Uh, first of all, um, uh, the Lions, uh, I saw that the Lions re-signed uh, Don Muleback. Was, I think it's like it's going to be 16th year with the team. you have any thoughts on that? Death taxes and Don Muehlbach, baby. I uh, I loved it. I think it was kind of weird that Bobby Quinn came in and tried to replace him. Like, I feel like, uh, you know, maybe he was trying to set a statement or maybe, like, Don Muehlbach was getting too comfortable. I mean, he can probably only do it for another couple of years at most. But, uh, yeah, just glad to have him back in the fold. And he's, he's solid and consistent, no doubt about it. Okay. Love that guy. I mean, so they, they re-signed Muehlbach. I know uh, you really like Okwara. I'm right. Are you hoping they bring him back as well? I mean, I, he had a good year for him, I thought. Somebody would like to see back in the fold? Yeah, man. I thought I thought he played much better than we, we didn't know much about him. I remember his name from, like, mock drafts, and I, I did like him because of his size, and he was coming from a big school at Notre Dame. But I think when he came here and replaced Zettel, we got a lot more athleticism. He had a good production. He's young. He was cheap this year, so if we can get him on a good deal, I'd love to have him back. That's cool. Um, I just want a couple of, couple of things. I know uh, when we did our mock draft, a guy that was brought up at one point was uh, Jeffrey Simmons, the uh, defensive lineman out of South Carolina. He was thought of pretty high. I saw earlier this week that he had a torn ACL. Now, uh, I, he, I, I believe the guy falls out of the first round. He, he was kind of, you know, I heard he was first round, you know, maybe early second round. With this torn ACL, do you think the Lions chance drafting him? And if so, what round would you take him in? Well, first of all, Griffka, let's get it right. I was high on him, and I took him in our mock draft. You, uh, He wasn't one of the six names that you knew for our mock draft episode, so you couldn't get over Montez Sweat. You didn't even really know who this guy was, I don't think. Man, when I see pictures of this guy, he looks like a freaking monster, like an absolute um, straight-up beast, but – I mean, I had him in the middle of the round. Um, there's a guy I want to – should have had his name here. I, I might get it wrong. But I think his, like, a little tagline or his name on Twitter is Forrester. And he I think he does some Lions reporting and some different things. And uh, me and him went back and forth a little bit where he was saying this is a guy the Lions should look at in the second round or the maybe the third now because he's going to drop due to the injury. And I knew where he was going, but for me, I just said – the Lions need good players and they need healthy players. And 
no matter how Jeffrey Simmons, how good he is and how far he drops, the Lions can't afford right now to take a guy that you might have to wait a whole calendar year on. So I said, you know, I'd wait on him. I mean, maybe if he's there in the, our late third round pick that we got from the Eagles, maybe I'd think about it just based on value at that point. But I mean, it's a tough break for the kid, but he is going to drop quite a bit in the draft. And uh, I think, you know, it's not a real position the Lions have a huge need at, and it's also you don't want to take an injured guy unless you're a team like Crisco's favorite, the Patriots, or the Steelers, or some of these teams that are already well-established. You can take a risk on an injured player and wait for him, and we just can't do that right now. Um, get the bell out, because I agree with you on that. And that's one of those things where the Lions, I think they need too many people to be able to sit on a guy who might be out you know, half the year with, uh, with a knee problem, especially in the position he plays. Um, those knee problems can um, kind of linger with um, the position he plays, especially, you know, banging on bodies, caught in pits, you know, in, in you know, mosh pits and stuff like that down there. Um, those things can flare up again and again for those uh, guys on the D-line like that. So I'm with you on, on your take right there. Griffka, real quick, I want to throw this in. So, like, as I've been perusing the Twitter machine, uh, people either loved our mock draft or uh, they're loving my uh, knowledge because I'm seeing lots of Lions fans talking about uh, Ed Oliver to the Detroit Lions at number eight and wondering what that absolute monster could do um, with Matt Pat moving them all around and stuff like that. So I've seen a lot of that and I put out a few draft sims and now as I keep seeing people projecting names, it's, it's just a coincidence, right? That a lot of those names that I'm putting out there are coming up uh, on other lists as well. So I think we're uh, not only helping the people, but I think we got some smart Lions fans out there that uh, know their draft knowledge and are um, picking some good names. So I just want to throw that out there. Ed Oliver, baby, number eight. I, I got uh, I got one other quick question here for you before we get into the coverage of, of this uh, Vikings game. Uh, read earlier this week a take by a local beat writer who thought um, if given the opportunity, it would be a great draft if the Lions were able to take Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma. Um, <laughs> what's your thought process on that? All right. First of all, before I answer, who is this beat writer, Grifka? Oh, you know who he is, man. It's, it's not Dave Burkett. <laughs> it's, his, it's his good buddy. He's the new evil Drew who's been around for a few years. You know, it's Carlos. Oh, Manares gosh. Or- Manares, however you pronounce his last name. Uh, brutal, man. Uh, man, there's been so much talk about this. I mean, oh, I, I I don't get it. I mean, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense contract-wise. It doesn't make sense from a philosophy standpoint, really. You know, the guy is small. I think, and I'm putting this on paper, I think I did in the mock draft show. Even though he's small, even though he's short, I think he fits in the NFL game, but he doesn't fit the Detroit Lions, man. He just doesn't. Like, you know, this guy could come and be good, but by the time you take him, you boot Matt Stafford out, you pay all this dead money, do all this stuff. Like, I can't see it working out for the Lions, but I can see a team swooping in, getting him, making him the franchise guy, letting him run around and run a crazy offense and be good. But that's just not where our team is heading. So absolutely not. Carlos Monterey, get the hell out of here with some of these articles, man. Just just trying to drum up clicks, man. We, we don't have time for that. Let's talk real football. And uh, Kyler Murray at number eight, uh, absolutely not. Now, if they were to do it, which they won't, but if they were, Griffka, I'm going to do the same thing I always do, which I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to try to um, get on board at that point because he'd be our quarterback. But, I mean – I think it's a non-issue, but um, no Kyler Murray to the Detroit Lions. No, thank you. Once you get the bell on him right with you, 
I personally don't think he's going to be any good. I hear people like I read things like, you know, he's short. He's he's he like he's he's about as tall as Drew Brees. Okay, Drew Brees is a pure pocket passer. He's always been a pocket passer. Yeah, he's got a little bit of mobility, but I mean, Kyler Murray's the guy. Like, if the first route's not there, he's taking off and running. I hate guys like that because in the pros, those guys just get tracked down relatively quickly. And then people are like, oh, he could be the next Baker Mayfield. With me, Baker Mayfield's the jury's still out. Get a little more tape on this guy and let's see where he goes. I mean, there's plenty of guys who can scramble the first year that have good years. You know, look at Robert Griffith III, never did anything after that. I feel Baker Mayfield might be in that same category right there. You know, if you gun the ball at Oklahoma in a league that doesn't play any defense, like I said, get some tape on the guy, and then uh, let's see what he could do. But I don't think Kyler Murray's going to be that great of a pro. So that's my take on it. Um, before we get into this Vikings game, um, uh, you have anything else, or do we just uh, want to do a quick thing uh, here from our sponsor? I think I'm good on the, the news notes. I'm definitely getting that free agent itch. You know, I'm definitely, uh, you know, digging into some of these draft prospects on YouTube and whatnot, trying to uh, figure some of these guys out that, uh, you know, I haven't seen. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move forward for this Vikings game. But before we do that, uh, let's get a quick word from one of our great sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And uh, hey, Derek, we're back. Let's uh, uh, here to talk about the Minnesota Vikings game. Uh, once again, we just came off a tough loss. We're uh, lines didn't look uh, too good against the Seattle Seahawks. Seemed like the Seattle Seahawks were a tougher team. It's also also a hard week for the Lions coming through. This is where the, um, the week where they dra- um, they uh, traded away uh, Golden Tate. And um, we were all kind of wondering how the offense will respond. I know uh, you had mentioned other wide receivers would need to step up. You know, Kenny Boy, you know, maybe Marvin Jones would have to take a little more, maybe use, uh, you know, carry on Johnson a little more in the pass routes as well. But uh, let's hop into this game here. Uh, once again, jotted down a few things. And, um, you know, uh, we'll chat about them along the way. Um, it was one of those things where the Lions won the kickoff and uh, they deferred to the second half. So, once again, last kickoff, and something happened. I mean, they were playing indoors on turf, and it was a Sam Martin slips and, you know, you know slips and doesn't have a very good kickoff. Uh, the Vikings start with the ball at, what uh, was it, like the 38-yard line? Of, I mean, it was theirs, but it was still, you know, good field position. And uh, at that point, uh, you know, they started one of their methodical drives. Latavius Murray started, had a couple nice runs. And then it seemed like at one point uh, – was that they were on uh, Vikings were on the Lions side of the 50 and the Lions bowed their back, but it was at kind of like that no man's land. It was a fourth and three, and um, and the play right before that, uh, Kirk Cousins hit uh, BB, 
Uh, it's Don Beebe's son. Sorry, I can't remember his first name right off the top of my head, but it was Beebe. And I got it down to a fourth and three. And uh, on a fourth and three, they ran like a little, uh, just a little, you know, hit BB right off the line on one of those flat routes. Uh, BB was too quick for Tabor, and they got the first down, kept the drive going. Um, it was, you know, just a simple pass play. I thought T's Tabor, yeah, he was always a step behind, but it wasn't. he didn't jam him at the line or anything. He was still playing off him. So uh, he got a free release on a fourth and three, which I never think is a wise thing to do. On um, plays like that, I always think you got to get a jam on there. Um, cause generally fourth and three, fourth and shorts, they're not going to throw the ball downfield because, uh, I mean, it's a low risk, uh, play. So fourth and three, you're generally looking at something short. So to give a guy a free release and then just, you know, not pressure him really, really didn't, didn't, you know, help, you know, that's the way Tabor played. Um, did you find that play as frustrating as I did? Well, Grifka. First of all, I was waiting for you to finally kick it back to me. Let me let me revert back to the beginning of the game and Sam Martin falling right on his backside, kicking the ball off. Griffith, this may be a somewhat hot take, but I'm done with Sam Martin. This guy, this guy just seems like a goof. Like, remember he got hurt doing something at his house. He seems to always choke in the big situations. You're falling down on a kickoff. I mean. I'm done with this guy. Let's get a new punter, somebody that's a football player that, oh, by the way, he punts. And I don't know. He's overpaid. I'm ready to cut him. Um, you know, you went into this fourth and three play. I think one thing you did miss, if you go back and look, unfortunately, I know you don't want to admit it, but I think it was either this play or at least two other times during the game, little BB boy um, actually smoked your guy, Darius Slay, um, to move the sticks. And I think it was Slay on this play to, to move the chains early on a little stick route, like you say, uh, gave him a little room, kind of you know made the catch, turned up field, and then Slay was able to get him out of bounds. I want to I say I'm pretty sure on that, but you'd have to go back and, and double check. But yeah, man, I mean, anytime the other team takes a fourth down and three and just shows you no respect and goes for it. It's tough. And if they pick on one of your top corners, it's tough. And if they beat you with a guy named BB, who's a five foot nothing, hundred and nothing little scat receiver that had never played until this week. Yeah. It's rough all the way around. So, yeah, but that was one of those things is just lines could have, lines could have, you know, uh, made a statement right there and they didn't kept the drive going a couple plays later, actually Kirk cousins, you know, which, um, once again, I, I don't think he's that great. Um, he made a uh, nice pass to uh, Murray out of the backfield. Murray takes it down to uh, the 10-yard line. You know, it's first and goal. A couple plays later, um, Murray gets the handoff. Actually, Aishon got great penetration. And Murray just made a football play. And he was able to spin out of the tackle. That was one of those things where Aishon did everything right, except he wasn't able to bring him down because, you know, you have to hand it to Latavius Murray there. He, he made a good spin move and got out of it. But as he did that, he started to run forward, um, was really close, and um, there was a fumble, but he fumbled it into the end zone, and um, the Vikings recovered it, and um, they go up 7 nothing. And uh, that was one of those plays like where when you see it happen, you see the ball land on the ground, you're just hoping one of your guys just dive on it. They see it, and they, it's like, oh, yeah, great. We, You know, it's it's sheer luck is what it is, but – the ball seemed to be laying there a lifetime and nobody saw it. And then all of a sudden, like two Vikings guys jump on it and uh, they go up seven, nothing. Um, That was, that was kind of a hair puller out right there. The Vikings just first, first drive, just marched down the field, made a couple plays, a couple nice plays. seems like the lions, you know, had the stop, you know, with a He missed the tackle, but Murray fumbles the ball, 
and the Lions aren't able to jump on it. That's everything's just falling the Vikings way on that drive. Um, once again, were you as frustrated as I was by that drive? Yeah, I just I just rode down. I mean, right down the field, easy opening touchdown. I mean, yeah, on the surface you can say, you know, Ashawn made a play, didn't bring him down, and then they fumbled the ball and we couldn't get it. But really, I mean, give credit to Latavius Murray like you did, but also um, I think they ruled after the fact that he was already over the goal line. So always giving up a touchdown early is disconcerting, and yeah, it looked – Way too easy here on this first drive, so it was tough to watch. Yeah. So, I mean, once again, it's early in the game. I mean, it's still like, you know, still like uh, almost 10 minutes left in the first quarter. Lines are down 7 nothing already. They get the ball. And um, for people wondering how they would look without Golden Tate, that offense just looked out of sync. I mean, on, on that first drive, they didn't look good at all. It was um, pretty quick, and they had to punt the ball right back. And, like, oh, great, you know, if uh, – you know, if the Lions only had the ball a minute or two, had to give it back, and uh, thinking maybe Minnesota would drive down again. But uh, Lions made made some quick adjustments actually, and uh, the defense actually pulled a three and out, which um, I was really happy about that. I'm like, cool, okay, you know, they got their feet underneath them. They took a punch, you know, from Minnesota. It seems like the defense, you know, has got back into this. You know, and uh, we got to do is maybe, you know, Lions may be able to Lions may be able to find some footing and uh, go from there. So. They get the ball back. They actually get some pretty decent field position. Um, and then uh, first play is that Galladay, you know, on end around. It's one of those plays um, I wish they'd kind of run it a little more. It seems like they would run it, you know, with Agnew when he was healthy. Um, later in the year they tried it with Powell. But uh, Kenny, uh, maybe one of those guys, they could run that with him. Um, he's got the speed. He's, he's not a blazer, but he's not. He's, he's got better than average speed. So running the end around with him, the lines blocked it pretty well, you know, picked up eight yards. Um, and it was actually, um, you know, one of those things where, you know, I know it was second and two, but it almost looked like just like a long one, you know, a little over a yard, you know, to get to the first down. Uh, how, what was your take? Did you really like that Kenny Galladay end around play? Did you think it could be something they could use in the future? Uh, not, not really. I mean, I, I really don't like Kenny Galladay in the, uh, the run game. I think he's a big bodied explosive receiver. I'd like to use a lot more in the red zone. I'd like to you know, be able to move chains and make big plays up over the top with the guy. I think we have and will have smaller, shiftier guys that, yeah, you can run some of those gadget runs, but I'm not a big fan of Kenny G doing that, actually. Um, and before you get back to it, Grifka, I think you're, like, skipping by the lead. I know you'll probably get to it, but I just have here in big, bold print that from the get-go in this football game, our offensive line is just getting absolutely owned again in Minnesota. Like, is this just something we go to Minnesota, we can't block anyone because there's guys coming free. Matt Stafford can't move at all. When he does move, he's tripping over himself and getting sacked. I mean, it was an embarrassment from the get-go to the end of the game in regards to pass protection and just the number of sacks just killed Yeah, us. I was uh, I was going to touch on that later. I mean, it was um, they were able to um, – they were able to – I guess block it a little better later, and the offensive line definitely deteriorated throughout the game. I mean, that was I was I was going to mention that later, but um, yeah, I know what you're talking about right there. And I mean, we can bring it up throughout because I mean, uh, I hate to skip to the end, but they end up getting ten sacks. I mean, what what NFL team gets ten sacks in a football game, and uh, and just beats up our quarterback? And this happened like a year or two ago too, like ten, twelve sacks in a game. It's ridiculous. Like the Vikings don't have that good of rushers, but like you say, keep working your way through the game. I'm not sure 
exactly where you're at because I have here on my notes that we had a huge run from Dalvin Cook. So um, that must either be coming or, oh, yeah, I see uh, you got that uh, coming up on our on our show sheet here. So go ahead. Yeah, that was um. Yeah, I got that coming up here in a little bit. Uh, this is this is that drive where um lines actually put a nice uh, a nice drive together. I thought it was one of those. I had spoke before on um previous podcasts going over games that it was one of those nice mix of you know pass and runs. You know where uh they weren't long passes. I I believe there was a pass interference penalty by Minnesota during this drive as well. They kept a drive going, gave lines you know better field position, but it was one of those um. They had a nice drive where they got it down to first and goal, and uh, and this is where I really kind of started to notice it. Yeah, I noticed it before where the offensive line started to get owned. They had a, they had um, first and goal down to the uh, down to the four. Then they had a false start penalty, and it took them back to the nine. So it's first and goal from the nine. Once again, it's not terrible, but you know, first and goal from the four is better than first and goal from the nine. And then they just run three really bad plays. I mean, one they try to run um, was it uh, Theo Riddick? And uh, he gets and he gets dumped, and then they try Good to boy. pass play, where Stafford got pressured pretty much right from you know he he was he was back there for two seconds, ended up having to throw it away out of the back of the end zone, and then on the last play they try to run one more pass play, and like you said, it was one of those jail breaks where right from the snap it seemed like Stafford was under pressure, and they ended up having to uh, settle for the field goal, and uh, go seven to three. So. Um, like you said, it was the offensive line wasn't looking great early, but they were able on that drive to be able to make to, you know get some time, move the ball down the field until it got you know really close, and then Minnesota's defense is like, okay, we're going to step up, and they did. They were able to get more pressure on the lines at that point, where the um, Stafford either had to get rid of the ball or the running lane wasn't open, and th- that's that's where I thought the line broke down more. Than earlier than like like you said than what brought it up right there, and um, I I thought those were just three terrible play calls down there in the in the red in the red zone. What did you think about that? Yeah, I think it's just a point in the game, like you said, that we we get down tight, we shoot ourselves in the foot, we can't block anybody. Jim Bob can't draw up anything creative, can't you know do anything unique. Just bad play calls, bad execution, bad everything. Um, it can't happen. You know, we were, we used to be good in the red zone. It just doesn't seem like we were that efficient, you know, in, in 2018 there. So not good. I mean, still though, I mean, the Lions aren't playing that great. I mean, Minnesota had their first opening drive, but still it's, it's early in the second quarter and we're down seven, three. I mean, the defense seems to be playing good, pretty good. Um, at this point, seems like they got their feet underneath them. Um, and Minnesota got the ball back, and I was at uh, at one point, you know, you know, uh, Kirk Cousins pulls a Kirk Cousins and just heaves up a hail mary, you know, not a hail mary, but just throws the ball up a jump ball, and Slay brings it down, you know, uh, you know, Slay, big play, my boy, you know, makes the play, you know, gets the interception, <laughs> roughly about ten and a, ten and a half minutes left in the second quarter. This is where I'm starting to think it's like cool, you know, great man. This is where we show up again, you know. Uh, you know, they, they withstood the first quarter. Minnesota's not playing that great on offense either. The defense is showing up. Um, and uh, they start to put a put a drive together. Um, fourth and one, Lions decide to go for it. Uh, Stafford scrambles, you know, uh, shows some of his scrambling ability, picks up that fourth and one. I kind of thought it was a gutsy call there. Did you think that was a gutsy call going for fourth, on one, fourth and one? It seems like before the Lions would be happy to kind of settle the punt away. or But uh, – they went for it. Did you like that call? 
Oh, real quick, Griff, before we get to that, I know I keep, uh, during our Kool-Aid Rewind, I keep rewinding you, but you tried to sneak three We're Not That Greats right by the people. I mean, are you just going to blow by a great tagline that everybody likes and not give it to them? <laughs> They're not that great. I, I, everybody I think knows I think Kirk least... ain't that great, and he gets a lot of love around here because he went to Minnesota, to Michigan State. I mean, I, I, I never thought he was that great a quarterback. <laughs> Okay, well, you gave him two. I need another Griff could not great not before I answer your question. <laughs> All right, so with that being said, like, you, you know, yeah, this was a nice sign of, hey, getting a little more aggressive. I think it wasn't on the play. Like, it sort of broke down, and Stafford was able to kind of clumsily make his way up. Or, or I don't know. I never know when he's running. Is he athletic, and is it a good play, or did he kind of stumble his way to the first down? Uh, whatever it was, I was just glad the – you move the chains, and anytime they can go for it and get it, I'm excited. But, I mean, you're right. It was a scramble because, once again, the offensive line broke down on fourth one. I don't think that was a design quarterback run, but it was one of those things where I think Stafford was running for his life in fear, and there was just nobody around there because everybody was already in the backfield. So he was able to break out of there and, you know, run for the first down. But it did keep the drive going. And uh, once again, the lines were methodically moving down. Stafford made a great pass to Kenny Galladay to get it down to uh, first and goal. And um, once again, that was, uh, I mean, once again, for as much as we kind of, you know, we've, in last year we looked at Stafford, didn't like the way he played some games. He was able to make some nice passes in some areas, and that was one of those passes. You know, he passed to Kenny Boy, and Kenny made a nice play. Got down to first and goal once again. They have really good field position. And uh, lines kind of do what they did before. I mean, Minnesota decided to bow their back. It seemed like, the, you know, right at the snap, they were in the backfield on every play. Kind of made you question some of the play calls as well. And uh, lines end up, you know, settling for a field goal, you know, with like uh, almost four and a half, a little more than four and a half left in the second quarter. I mean, so they're not, you know, lines, once again, they're not playing that great. But, you know, they're only down 7-6. But once again, that's a frustrating drive right there where they get it within into the red zone, deep into the red zone, and they have to settle for another field goal because the offensive line, like you said, was just kind of a shambles, and they just they didn't look good, and Minnesota pretty much had their way with them again. Um, when it, just frust- that, it just frustrated me to watch that. Again, that could have been 14 points up on the board, but the offensive line, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think I already gave my take on how terrible the offensive line was. I mean, with the amount of resources and money we put into that unit, they cannot give up these kind of pressures, sacks, just, but our quarterback has to be better in regards to having more fluidity in the pocket, like knowing when to get out quicker. I feel like a lot of times by the time he sort of slides up in the middle, it's already crumbling and he's just dead to rights. And like, I say this on multiple shows where I try to support Matt Stafford. I'm a Matt Stafford fan. I probably got way too many Matt Stafford jerseys in my closet, but the guy I'm looking at his numbers. and I know we're working our way through the game, but I think this is important to call out right now. You're saying like, Oh, he made some good plays. He made a good throw to Kenny Galladay. Grifka in this game, our franchise $27 million quarterback was sacked 10 times and threw for 199 yards and no touchdowns. Like that's not going to win you any football games ever. So I'm not always ready to put it all on the offensive line or always skill players didn't do enough or this, that, yeah, we didn't have a run game here. Carry on again, as much as we've shown him love, 
did not get going. But again, when Matt Stafford puts up under 200 yards in 2018 NFL, where everyone's throwing it around, that's inexcusable. So that's my take. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, but I mean, the Stafford never had time to throw this game. I mean, so there was a party in the backfield on every snap, and the defensive line was invited. I mean, it's just there was, yeah, the offensive line, like you said, your take. I totally agree with you. I mean, it's just for as much for as many resources the lines have attempted to put into that. Minnesota just made him look foolish that game. So, well, you know, we'll digress. We'll continue. I mean, so at this point, we're about uh, a little over four and a half minutes left in the second quarter, thinking, you know, maybe if the Lions get a stop and get the ball back, drive down, get some points, maybe take the lead at halftime and get the ball in the start of the second. But, you know, from that point, you know, Dalvin Cook, like you had just mentioned, he just gassed him for a 70-yard run. He showed his speed, got to the edge, and, you know, Glover Quinn was lucky to, uh, you know, get to him and, you know, bring him down. Um, in the red zone there, but uh, you know, glo- you know, was it uh, Cook just showed why you know he was highly thought of when he was drafted. Yeah, he was injured last year, but it didn't seem like there was any ill effects from that injury in this game. Just showing his speed, getting through the line, and then uh, once again, Minnesota's deep in there, uh, down at the down near the goal line. The, uh, Minnesota ran like a stacked wide receiver set, and the defensive backs looked totally confused, and. Uh, Adam Thielen, you know, uh, your favorite wide receiver from Minnesota, just to stand in there wide open. Nevin Lawson is just kind of looking around for him. And uh, uh, Cousins hits him, hits Thielen for the touchdown to go up uh, 14-6 with a little over three minutes left in the second quarter. Stuff like that just frustrates me because I, I don't know. I mean, was it like a totally new set by Minnesota? I mean, Detroit's defense looks like they're like standing just kind of like pointing at each other. Like, you know, that was your man. That was your man. It's just – I, I mean, you think there's a, some sort of new play or you think this is just kind of like, you know, I don't know, Lions defensive backs kind of doing what they did at points in the year where they just didn't know what was going on. Well, I mean, on the Dalvin Cook big run, I think he's just a really good football player. And, you know, he's getting back to health at this point and uh, he can crack one off at any point. Now the Thielen touchdown, like you said, I just have here in my notes, Nevin Lawson again, like, you know, like you said, yeah, they didn't look organized, but it wasn't a very tough route, and he got burnt right off the line of scrimmage. They just took it easy, you know, out, then back inside, you know, totally roasted him. Easy football to catch for a touchdown. So Adam Thielen gets no credit, and I'm not a big fan, as you noted, but um, it's a simple throw and catch for those two. And I just have here, too, Nevin Lawson cannot start in 2019. He like, I don't care if he's a depth player or if he plays some nickel or whatever – but he can't be on the field as much as he was this year. Every game we're rewinding when they're losing. It's him getting toasted. It's T's getting toasted. I mean, these guys can stay on the team as depth, but they cannot um, start. They can't be, um, you know, ding up the best receiver. Why is Nevin Lawson on Thielen? He had coming into this game with, a, you know, going for the record, has all these numbers, and, and he's getting matched up on Nevin Lawson. Like, yeah, I'll take that all day, every day if I was a Minnesota Vikings. Like, get this guy out of here. He tries hard. Good job. Yeah. It's not not good okay. enough. First of all, I want to backtrack for a second. You, I don't know what product you need to make or what you need to market, but you need to market something called Tea's Toast. Because you really do. I don't know what it, I don't know if it has to be a cracker or a cookie or some type of bread, but tea's toast. 
Sounds awesome. It really does. It sounds like something I would order with a cup of hot chocolate. Give me some of that teas toast, and uh, can you make me a grand mocha latte? I'd appreciate that. That'd be great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a bad marketing idea, but uh, I would love it if it was sold out in 2019 because I'm tired of saying it uh, and promoting it every week, uh, talking about teas toast. <laughs> teas toast. That'd be great. Big smiling picture of him on the box. <laughs> Oh man, I hope this guy can play yeah. better. But man, him and Nevin Lawson are driving me nuts. <laughs> so once again, there's like uh, we're back to the point where there's a little over three minutes left in the uh, in the in the quarter. Lions get the ball back once again. It's like okay, down fourteen six, drive down, maybe get some points. But no, they have a very short drive. You know, Vikings get the ball back. They move right downfield, and then right before half, um, Lions actually make a play where um, they they get a sack. You know, and they were able to hold them to a field goal. Um, end in the half where they go up, uh, you know, 17-6 going into the half. Um, at this point, I'm pretty frustrated with the Lions offense. They're not looking good. Once again, we can say it's out of sync. And a lot of people are, you know, I, I'm watching the uh, the game. They're like, well, you know, maybe they're really missing Golden Tate. You know, Golden Tate was Stanford's favorite wide receiver. doesn't look like they've recovered. And I, I can understand that. But, like, you, you always say they're pros. You know, they should be able to overcome this. The next man step up. We know it's kind of – that kind of sounds like the college thing right there. You know, like, oh, next man up. But it works the same way in the pros. You're getting paid. You're on the team. You're at practices. That's your job. And the totally the offense just looked totally lost without Golden Tate out there. did not look good at all. And just just a really frustrating game to watch. You know, after watching the Seattle game the week before, offense just looked sluggish once again. And – it just made you wonder, do, does the team have enough fight to come back in the second half? What's, you have a total take on that first half before we move on to the second half? Yeah, I'll just be real quick with it. I mean, I'm tired of the excuses, you know. Oh, Golden Tate was gone. Oh, the quarterback didn't have any time. Oh, our run game wasn't clicking. Like, it's the Minnesota Vikings. Like, they came into the season with a bunch of pub. They weren't playing that great of football, and we just didn't show up and then want to say all the reasons why later. Like, go in – and figure out a way and play better football. So I thought the first half was just lackluster, but I don't want to hear all these reasons why I want them to get them figured out and, and find a way to win this game. Like a lot of teams do. And, you know, here in the first half, they didn't, and we'll see what happens as we, as we uh, retell the second half, but let's not skip over the big sack by Ziggy to end the first half. Griff, but when they drove down, they were going to get points. 94 Ziggy Ansa, your boy comes off the edge, terrorizes the quarterback, gets him on the ground. They have to settle for a field goal. Yeah. I, bl- I believe in the game credits, it said cameo by Ziggy Ansa. So, uh, yeah, there, there you go. You, you got your favorite player. You got his one play. There you go. Ding. Okay, let's move on to the second half here. Um, once again, uh, kind of like the week before, the third quarter wasn't a whole lot happening. I mean, you know, like you said, double zeros on both sides. The biggest thing was, like, they went for it on that uh, – that, they had that fake punt where everybody kind of stunned once again. It's like, oh, what's going on here, man? And, you know, uh, you know they're actually getting a little uh, – you know, a little less conservative, but a fake punt. It's like, wow, it's going to keep the drive going. And right after that fake punt, it, it pretty much stalled out, you know, went to nothing. Once again, you know, you know, they went for around fourth and one before and went for the, you know, got the fake punt right there. Thought, uh, thought it was maybe, you know, turning over a new leaf, less conservative, but the offense stalled right out, you know, when, you know, nothing really happened for either team. You know, Minnesota Vikings, once again, always thought they weren't that great, and they kind of proved it, unable to put the lines away at that point. But, uh, 
you know, we move on to the fourth quarter. And uh, once again, Minnesota. Oh, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. This was before the punt, I think, if I have it right on my list. Matt Stafford running for his life again, <laughs> scrambling, not looking very athletic. All of a sudden, the stud we know as number 19, Kenny Galladay, breaks off his route, runs down the left sideline. He's wide open. And Matt Stafford does one of those just like where he throws it either too far, inaccurate, whatever his issue was, misses an easy touchdown and uh, throws it, you know, where the guy couldn't even make a play on it. I mean, to me, it was just didn't look like that hard of a throw. Could have been a huge play in the football game. I think it was the next play after that where they ran the fake punt and then were able to move the chains. So I was shocked by the fake punt, too, not only at the time it happened, but that they actually did it. Um, that wasn't, you know, week 17 against a who cares Packers team. You know, it's the only time they pull out anything unique or, uh, you know, extravagant like that. But uh, Matt Stafford, man, put the ball on Kenny Galladay and let him run here. It's so annoying. Yeah, that's uh, it seems like the Lions uh, kind of at, the, at this point, you know, no matter what, whenever they went deep, it's like it seemed like Stafford uh, overshot the guy and the play wasn't even close. And uh, made you wonder, it's just like, gosh, are they ever going to connect on one of those long plays? Um, then after that, um, we get to the point where in the fourth quarter, um, Dalvin Cook, for his great run before, he fumbles the ball. Ashawn makes a great recovery. And um, once again, 17-6, there's 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. There's more than enough time to, uh, more than enough time to uh, come back in this game. And uh, maybe with a turnover, they'd have some life. But then uh, shortly after that, a few minutes after that, that's the infamous play that we already talked about where Stafford was once again running for his life and he decided to play hot potato and uh, throw the ball to carry on, you know, with throw it as hard as he could. And he's two yards away from him. And that fumble uh, is ran back by Minnesota for a touchdown. Once again, at this point of the game, I'm, my hands are, you know, on top of my head going, what the heck's going on here? Where are you at this point? Well, I'll start with the fumble by Cook. I mean, I thought it was a it was a little pitch play that they ran. They tried to get cute with it. He puts it on the ground. I loved Ashawn getting right on the football. Like you say, sometimes we've been a step slow. This one, he was right on top of it. Um, but this Matt Stafford to carry on Johnson, like it just made no sense. Like I'm going back and watching it. Like he could have he could have easily ran out of bounds. He could have ran up for another five yards and got slid. He could have done anything other than what he did. And even if he flips it and carry on catches it he's going to actually lose more yards. You know what I mean? He's going to, he's going to catch it and then probably get tackled two yards behind where Matt Stafford is. So it just made no sense. I mean, it's on carry on. He should have caught the football, but then for the Vikings, not only to get it, but to score on the plays, it's just demoralizing. That's a, that's a game ender. That's a Matt Stafford. What the hell are you doing? That's a, you know, we got to protect the football, like just embarrassing play by our Alliance. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it just showed like where the offense what was at pretty much all day, you know. Like you said, the continuing being out of sync, you know, Stafford running for his life, and like I said before, it's just I thought you know he just didn't want to get hit again. He was just looking to give the ball to anybody else because he didn't want to get hit again. And then, uh, but I know when we first covered this game a while ago, we really belabored that play. So we'll just move on. Lions get the ball back. I mean, there's like seven minutes left in the game. They're down three scores. You know, it's like at, at this point, it just seems like the game's out of reach. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. Lions drive down. They kick a field goal to bring it, you know, to, to 24-9. And I believe at this point, let's see, I jotted down. Yeah, 24-9 with uh, 
a, a little over a minute left in the game. I mean, you know, thanks for the token field goal right there. So, I mean, <laughs> what does that do? I mean, I realize it brings it within, you know, 15, but still, I mean, they try the outside kick and, you know, everybody knows the stat last year. I mean, how many outside kicks actually were successful? Minnesota recovers it and just pretty much runs out the clock. So Lions take another tough one on the chin up in Minnesota. You know, Stafford's running for his life all game. Um, I guess one of the uh, shining moments was, like you said, that Adam Thielen did not, you know, break the record of Megatron. So uh, um, that I guess that's always a positive. But uh, there was just a, just a tough one, tough one to watch again. And just knowing, you know, ten sacks. I mean, you know, I I want to go into a little deeper into this this right here. You know, I know you talked about it, but you know, what's hold on? What's that? Hold on, let me finish up this game on my end. Okay. So I have no notes after the stupid flip play, but I got a couple things I want to bring up. Okay. First of all, uh, who who's this Megatron you speak of? Oh, man. Don't oh, act that, like you don't know that, who Calvin Johnson is. Is it is that the guy that quit on our team? Is that is that who like he was? Said, I was happy because the only he was reason you hate on him is now. The only reason you hate on him is because he wouldn't sign your football. Yeah, no, I don't think so. So that that guy doesn't exist to me anymore. He uh, he quit on our team. He was broken down, overpaid. I was actually glad when he decided to hang it up. Hey, thanks for a couple good years early on in your career, and then a lot of you know, no big wins after that. So I guess that I think that's who you're talking about. Anyway, secondly, I want to bring up one point about I've been bagging on Matt Stafford in this game. I want the people to go watch Matt Stafford in this game. Just watch a few plays where he gets sacked and then go watch like a quick couple highlights of current Tom Brady and just watch the difference in the dropbacks and, or go watch Deshaun Watson or go watch any of the other top quarterbacks and tell me there's not a huge difference between the way those guys take a five, seven step drop. They're bouncing around. They're looking left, right, moving up, moving around. Like it's, it's a versus Z in regards to pocket movement, feeling the rush, you know, actually a sense of bounce in their game. And it bugged me all game watching him. And then I went and watched a couple of those. Just thought, it doesn't even look the same. Like his movement is terrible and uh, it's got to be way better next year. And this was one of those games. He's getting beat up all over the field. He's got all these excuses and, Oh, I don't have golden tape. Poor me. Like, this guy needs to get it going next year and get people fired up. Remember when he used to talk smack to the other team? He used to uh, dive head first for first downs. I thought this was one of these games where you're getting paid $27 million, you cast your check, you can blame it on the offensive line, and just get out of there and go on to the next game instead of leading our team to a victory on the road. You know, Again, another game I'm real harsh on Matt Stafford, but got to be a lot better in the pocket and needs to uh, – step his game way up, even from just an emotional standpoint, because I thought that really cost us. There, there was no gathering his offensive line around and saying, let's get it together. Like, I'm getting killed back there. It was just a bunch of nothing in this football game. So I had a little bit of a rant there, but um, the game was over after he pitched it into the ground to Cal, uh, carry on, and they ran it back. But those are a couple beefs I had before we get to your quick questions. So go ahead, sir. Okay. So I just want to – point this out once again. I mean, you said Megatron who, so you didn't think that Adam Thielen, you know, not breaking Megatron's record, you don't think that was a big deal at all? You, 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 no. You really didn't care? No. I don't care at all about that kind of garbage. And first of all, 
like I know I bag on Calvin Johnson now and people think it's sour grapes. Like all I'm trying to say is he was an absolute freak when we came into the league. We didn't use him right. Then he got good towards the prime of his career and we used him a little bit better. And then he got all broken down and we wasted 20 some million dollars on a receiver for probably his last two to three years. And it was just stats and nothing else. Like he never did anything to help this organization move forward or to, um, you know, take him to the next level. So that's why I hate on him is just another Lions player that put up some numbers, look good in the uniform and never won anything and then quit on us. Like I'm sick of that. I want football players. Okay. I want gritty football players. And we don't have enough of those in Detroit. And, uh, just one other thing, like I said, I wanted to bring up, and you mentioned it, you know, early on about giving up like the ten sacks, and you know, like I, I just, you know, thought it was like, what's the deal with this? And, you know, y- you've heard me talk about this, you know, no matter what, it seems like sometimes there's just bad matchups for some teams, no matter what year it is. It just seems like this team matches up against this team better than other ones. This doesn't always seem like year after year after year. It seems like Minnesota. Their defensive line gives the Lions' offensive line just fits. I mean, we, we've seen this like, oh, the Bears have a good defense. But, I mean, they didn't have 10 sacks, I mean, against against the Lions. And, you know, Green Bay, they've had years where they've had good defensive linemen and they just – and Clay Matthews. And they don't – it seems like every year there's somebody on Minnesota. Like, you know, back to Jared Allen was always in the backfield. Brian Robinson always in the back. Everson Griffin. You know, it seems like every year it seems like Minnesota's defensive line just gives Detroit fits. I, 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 how can that be? I mean, I mean, don't they? I mean, they. Why is that? Why is Minnesota's defense? No matter who's on it, it just seems like they're just always. They have like every week, man. It seems like every time they play them, just hey, party lines oh, backfield. You got me all fired up, Grifka. I just went on a couple rants. This might be another one. I am so sick of all these. This just sounds like excuses and whining. Like, oh, it's a poor matchup. Oh, we can't block the Minnesota Vikings. Why? Like, to me, it's just either bad coaching or I try to defend this offensive line and say I like the players on the offensive line. People feel like they're overpaid. I feel like if they play good football, they're fine players. But – like, they're just not getting it done. Like, you go back and watch this game, Taylor Decker's getting muscled around. I saw one play where Frank Ragnow got absolutely blown up, and then our quarterback gets killed, and he's just over there trying to help Stafford off the mat. Like, it's not Minnesota. It's not these guys that Minnesota has. It's just our team didn't play well enough this Sunday, and it's inexcusable, bottom line. I mean, I could go on for another 10 minutes, but these guys – they got to be grittier. They got to be grimier. And it's not a, oh, poor us or what happened against this team. Just show up and be better. And that means, uh, you know, either more effort or better schemes. Or I think that we're starting to get rid of some of these coaches that we've had that just don't make players better because you see players go other places now and play decent. I think we had some bad coaches there for a while, position coaches and even the guy at the head. And I think we're starting to weed those guys out and get some grimy, actual nasty football coaches, and that's what we need. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that because I, I hate that too. Like, oh, it's just, it's just a bad matchup. You know, it's just a bad matchup. You're right. I mean, yeah, you get your belt. I mean, everybody knew Jared Allen was, you know, was good, but he just always seemed like, you know, it's like, okay, it's like, okay, you know, Jeff Backus, you got him one-on-one, right? No, Jeff Backus wasn't good enough to have him one-on-one. You, you, he needs some help. You know, it's, it's right. just always seemed like Brian Robinson – Brian Robinson was the same way. He was quick, fast off the edge. 
but no, we're just going to let this guy, you know, just eat us alive. Uh, you, you got him, right? Uh, no, do something. Scheme it different. I mean, I know, mm-hmm. I know the guy, you know, whoever on the lines is proud saying, yeah, I got it. I can handle him. I got it. But they just never seem they do. It's like the coach is like, okay, you got it. It's cool. We got it. But, you know, instead it's like they don't – like you said, they don't look him in the face like, no, you don't have it. We got to do this to help you out because you are not holding your spot. You are the mm-hmm. weak link. You know, it just seems like they're like – they would be like, yeah, okay, you're right. You got it, man. Just keep trying hard. As opposed to like, no, you suck today. We got we to gotta keep the tight end in. We have to keep a running back in to help you out because you are getting beat. You know, but it just seems like they don't do that. And for some odd reason, it just seems like it's always the Vikings. It's just like, and I don't hate the Vikings, even like the Packers, you know, but gosh, it's just like, it's like, how come like these guys just go around and just have huge games against the line? 10 sacks, 10 sacks. I mean, that's like college game where like you have like a stud top, you know, like one of the power five schools playing against like a D2 school or something like that. Ten sacks. I mean, really? Right. Ten sacks? That's 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 just annoying. Yeah. That's like that, that's like the offensive line. Oh, then you get like the tags afterwards, like you said. Well, we just got to play better. Oh, really? You didn't think that after four sacks, five sacks? It took ten to, for for somebody to actually think that. I mean, you're right. I mean, yeah. it's just that's it's just it's a crappy excuse. I hate saying we got to play better. Then, then go do it. Just stop using it. Then it's just rhetoric, and you're just telling that to try to appease, you know, get a sound bite. Then, then go do it. So, yeah. Yeah, man, I'm there with you. Uh, just got to be better, and, like, it's tough to run through these rewinds and remind these losses. We had to watch two uh, here this week. But, uh, hey, man, you're going to lose games in the NFL. But, like you said, 10 sacks or, or getting beat up by your division team at their place is just not a good look for the team. So, um, brutal game, uh, not good. Uh, on really any any level, to be honest, and uh, one of their worst losses of the year, no question. Yeah, but uh, so well, anyway, so now that I'm trying to get my blood pressure down, I gotta obviously lay <laughs> off the coffee. But uh, you got anything else? Uh, are, you, are we well finished with this one? Or do you want to cover anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good. It's been tough to kind of rewind these losses, but like you say, we've got to grind the tape out and rewatch these before we uh, get into some more fun topics of rebuilding this team and getting together for 2019. So I think I'm good. The question that the Kool-Aid drinkers want to know is, Grifka, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. All right. Well, I just want to say on a personal note for me, and I know Grifka would say this as well, is just we want to thank everybody out there that's been listening. It's been really cool to see all the, the droves of people we've been able to connect with uh, throughout this process, but definitely in the last couple months that are checking out the Kool-Aid cast, sharing with a friend, um, hitting me up on Twitter, having some fun football chats there, and uh, it's just been great. So we just want to thank you a ton. and. Uh, we're finishing up this week, but uh, again, keep your eyes peeled. You may have some bonus shows coming to you from either me or from Grifka. Um, I absolutely love getting on here and talking football. Um, there's so much to talk about as we head into this off season. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And if not, we'll be back next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. Back to back, start the play. This game is over. It is over! What a comeback by the Lions! Drink it in, man!